Greetings, Retreat Church. It is, once again, wonderful just to bring the Word of the Lord to you, and I pray that this message finds you doing well and um, finds you moving forward in your journey with Christ and your journey with your family members. And, um, you know, a lot of that journey requires a devotion, right? A devotion. You can be devoted to many things. And I know that when I got married, I pledged my devotion to my wife. And, um, you know, as the years go by and, and the journey continues, all throughout that journey, which is now almost 30 years, um, there's been a lot of good things in life that want to kind of push in to that and um, challenge my devotion to my wife, um, make me refocus my devotion to my wife. And um, a lot of those good things also require some devotion. Um, when you have children, you're, you devote yourself to them. When you embark upon a career path, um, you devote yourself to your work. When you have friendships and um, groups like I'm a part of a, a men's group where we've decided that even though we live in various parts of the country, we've devoted some of our time and energy and care and, and concern for one another. And so as life continues on, you have these very valuable, important parts of your life, and each part of them require some devotion. I know that when I became a pastor, I had to devote a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of my life into ministering to the church of God and to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so you have all of these wonderful things in and out of our life, people in and out of our life, um, goals that you set and then accomplish and then move, move on to a new goal. And this question of devotion becomes a very interesting one in our life. And notice this morning that I have not um, mentioned any negative things. I haven't talked about any sinful things. I haven't talked about any harmful things. I've just talked about the collection of wonderful things that God brings into our life. And I know as we now come to this place in the church calendar where we are at the day of, of, of Pentecost where we celebrate the arrival and the infilling of the Holy Spirit into the church of God and the birthing of what we understand the church to be today was started on this wonderful day, this, this day of Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus when the Jews were celebrating their harvest. And to have a good harvest, man, they needed to be devoted. Didn't they need to be devoted to the planting and to the, the care and of the harvesting and all of the devotion that took place to going into that and all the care that went into creating this time where now they were going to come together and they were going to celebrate the beginning of their harvest when all of the fruits of their labors would be brought into the storerooms and into their homes and they would have plenty of food and they praised God for that and celebrated the provisions that God has given in their life. And when we come to this place in the church calendar, we begin to understand that if we start looking at all of these different devoted things, the things that God requires us to be devoted to, we tend to want to shrink back and say, how am I going to get the energy or the power or the strength to devote myself to all of these wonderful things? And how do I know how to kind of put them in the, in the right place, in, in the right position in my life? And I've always been one that took, takes all of the priorities in my life and I put them on this some sort of a wheel and and God is is in the center of that but yet 
sometimes, you know, at certain hours, I need to be devoted to this. And certain hours, I need to be devoted to this, such as at this very moment, um, I'm devoted to preaching the Word of God. And um, later, I'll be devoted to making sure my wife has what she needs. Maybe I'll be devoted to some of you at some point when, when you give me a call or you send me a text and you need some assistance in some way. And maybe there's going to be times when you're devoted to me and I need your help and I need your assistance. And throughout this last few months, as Susan's been dealing with her recovery from her car accident, boy, we have sensed that care and devotion to us. And we are humbled and so appreciative of all the care that's been sent our way. But how do we really do this in a way that gets things in proper order, and where does this strength come from? And you probably know where I'm going with this being the day of Pentecost and all, that I want to really talk to you about this idea that the Holy Spirit empowers our devotion. The Holy Spirit empowers our devotion. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit filled each believer, and their devotion became their witness. Their devotion became their witness. Very, very important that when people look at our lives, they see what we're devoted to, and as they see what you and I are devoted to, that inspires them to be devoted to the the good things in their life as well. And so I want to talk to you this morning, for those of you that maybe feel like you've got all this wonderful stuff going on in your life, you have all of these beautiful people in your life, and you have family, and you have loved ones, and you have church people that you're involved with and you have all of these things in your life, where are we going to get the strength to be fully devoted to the right things at the right time? And I invite you to turn in your Bibles again to Acts chapter 2. This is the fifth week that we've been dealing with this wonderful chapter and there's so much more that we could say about it, but we're going to talk this morning from verse 42 through verse 47. Here we read this, and they, those that were being saved on that day, the, the, the disciples, the apostles, those at the beginning of the early church as God's Spirit was coming upon them, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. You see those good things? And awe upon, excuse me, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and the belongings and distributing through the distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day attending the temple together and breaking and bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So right immediately as we make observations in the text that we're going to do this, we'll make a few observations and then I'll close with a couple questions and hopefully you'll take those questions this week and to begin to spend time in prayer with those and asking the Lord to speak to your heart and grow your faith. But the first observation is this, as the Holy Spirit arrived and the church was birthed, those who believed were described as devoted. 
described as devoted. You know that the author Luke had written his gospel, the gospel of Luke. Then he extended his writing and his teaching to include the book of Acts. He was a first-rate First century historian, he did all of his research, he did what was necessary of him, and then he wrote this account and he described this group of early Christians, these apostles and others, the 120 that were with them, he described them as devoted people. Now, the best I can do with this word devoted, because in many translations it's, it's translated differently, um, the most common translation that you'll discover is the word they continued. They continued. Well, when you look at this word devoted, the best I can do with it as I dove into the original language is this, moving forward or moving towards something with force. So I'm moving towards something with force. In other words, if I'm devoted to my wife, then there's going to be things that come into my life. And I'm going to push those things out. I'm going to have to move towards my life with force. Pushing aside those things that naturally want to come in and distract me from being devoted to her. And when this comes to the things that are listed in this chapter, that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer, that means they pushed towards these things and pushing other things out of the way. There's all sorts of things that they probably had to push out of the way in order to move in the direction of the apostles' teaching to push into the Word of God. Maybe a popular phrase today I've heard used by many is that they're leaning into God. They're leaning in to listen. They're leaning in to focus and to pay attention. And this idea of being devoted to can be described in that same way that we are pushing towards that. And I know that I hear it all the time. So many people, well, I would be more attentive to the teaching of God's Word, but I had this and I had that, and, and we're moving in this direction. And during this time where churches have literally been forced to go and to, to preach the gospel in avenues that maybe only the larger churches were doing at this point, but we're forced out into these other areas. We had to push against the fact that we could not, no longer meet in our buildings for a season. And so we had to find new creative ways to get the gospel out. That we had to join in to somewhat many. In my case, I had to join in to what other pastors were already doing. I was extremely, extremely late to the party. And uh, that's, uh, that's a lesson learned on my part. But they were devoted to these things. They were devoted to the teaching of the apostles, the fellowship of one another, being in each other's company, and boy, don't we miss that. The breaking of bread together, sharing a meal. All over social media right now, I'm seeing posts of people finally got to eat in a restaurant, finally got to eat in a restaurant. Man, I didn't know we would be so excited about I'm, I'm, I know it's kind of fun to go to a restaurant and to do those things and be waited on and not have to cook and not have to clean up the mess. But look at these things that we're talking about. And then finally to prayers. To prayers that they had to push away. And this is one that I wish I could spend a lot more time on. But what, is, what does it take to be devoted to prayer? To, to push in and to lean in and to listen to God. And perhaps that's a series um, for another time, maybe even very soon. But these people were described as devoted. Now, what was the outcome of their devotion? 
the outcome of their devotion was that miraculous signs were being done by the apostles. Things that, that were, were out of this world. Things that were not normal. Things that were not in the everyday schedule of people. That God was continuing to do what He had done in Jesus, but now through the apostles. And that was the purpose of the miracles in the early church. When you're reading the book of Acts, and it just appears, it, just, it seems like it is because you're reading chapter after chapter, but you're reading and it seems like there's a miracle taking place every day. Actually, that, that's, that's a misnomer. That, that's, that's not the case. There weren't miracles every single time. God still did say no. God did still say wait. Um, sick people still passed away. And these things continued. Tragedy was still part of their experience as a Christian, but so were miracles. It was all in there together. They were struggling against persecution. They were struggling against the common everyday things that we struggle against in life. But then there were the miracles that were interjected into their life. And what God was doing in using these what's called signs and wonders in the early church is that they remembered that through Jesus, miracles were done. And could you imagine if the miracle stopped with Jesus and then all of a sudden these guys these apostles and these early church folks were claiming that Jesus was resurrected, were claiming that Jesus was alive, yet there were no more miracles. Well, then there could have been very good reason to say that Jesus had not raised from the dead, that Jesus was not alive, and the Holy Spirit had not come, but in fact He had. And so these miracles were God's testimony that Jesus was was resurrected and that Jesus was present in the person of the Holy Spirit, filling each believer, and the apostles and the early church were carrying on the work that Jesus had begun. And I still believe in miracles today. I still believe that they are present. I still believe that they are real. I still believe that God uses His people to do the miraculous. It's just we feel like there are less miracles because we believe that they happen every day and all these occasions in the New Testament, and really that's a misunderstanding. I believe that miracles are taking place all around us all the time. Miracles are taking place that, that we don't really recognize, but that they're so mixed into the tragedy that we see, the heartache that we see, and not every prayer is answered with a yes. Not every sick person is healed. And so we look at that idea and we think somehow that miracles no longer take place, but they surely do. So they were devoted to the teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayers. The outcome was of their devotion were miraculous signs. The out, the also a second um, effect of their devotion was that they met each other's needs. Notice they met each other's needs. It wasn't as though they would come into each other's company and simply say to one another, I'll pray for you. <laughs> I'll pray for you, brother. The Lord is going to meet your need. Well, who, who does the Lord use to meet needs? People. So this is how it works. The people of God are inspired by the Holy Spirit of God in generosity, in care and concern, in the ability to give, into being resourced, and the people of God meet the needs of one another as they are inspired and empowered and enabled by the Holy Spirit. So in order for needs to be met in a community of people, it takes the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the obedience of God's people. And when those two ingredients are combined, you have a situation that you had in the early church. 
A third observation is this, that the devotion was not escapism. It wasn't a, a, a somehow escape from the persecution because they still experienced that. The, their devotion to the Word of God and the prayer and the fellowship and the breaking of bread, the birthing of the church was not an escape from the culture or an escape from society or an escape from their past. There was nothing of this escapism that we have come to, to believe in so prevalently in the church of God today that we're Christians and that we huddle together in our churches because one day God's going to blow a trumpet and we're going to escape and we're just going to get out of here. And in the meantime, we'll just huddle together, we'll, we'll cower in our churches, We'll, we'll cower in our little Bible studies. We won't engage with the culture. We won't um, try to spread the gospel. We just huddle together and try to escape. And that is not what the people were trying to do in this day. Their devotion was not an escape. They remained, verse 46 and 47 tell us, they remained in the temple. I find this to be very, very key. When it says, and day by day, verse 46, attending the temple together and breaking of bread in their homes. Do you see what was going on here? Now, they were engaged in their Jewish culture by attending the temple. Remember, the activities that were taking place in the temple were not about Jesus. At least they didn't realize they were. They were very Jewish. The leaders of the temple were still looking for the Messiah. The leaders of the temple had rejected Jesus as their Messiah. And they were going on about the same activities that they always had been. It was an extremely Jewish culture. And now these believers that have believed in Jesus as their Messiah, they were still engaging in the temple activities, but they had in their mind as they were reading from, oh, such scrolls as the book of Isaiah, they would understand the Isaiah, Isaiah speaking of Jesus, while the majority of their culture thought that the book of Isaiah was talking about some Messiah yet to come. And so it was not this idea of now that I'm a Christian, I'm going to huddle together with other Christians, escape the world, no longer engage. But no, it was now an engagement with a full awareness awareness of the culture and the reality in which God was speaking into that culture. And boy, do we need a sound dose of that. So, finally, a fourth observation from this text. It was through this devotion, through this devoted community, that the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. He was adding to a devoted culture. He was added to a people that were responding to the infilling of the Holy Spirit with generosity and with care and with concern. And it makes sense to me that in the early church, as you had these devoted people, these people that were pushing towards one another with force, pushing aside all sorts of good things, pushing aside all sorts of hurtful and harmful things to be devoted 
towards one another, to be devoted to the teachings of God's Word, to prayers, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread with one another, miracles happening through them as they responded to the Holy Spirit, as they were generous with one another, as they were engaged in the culture in informed, thoughtful ways, as they were doing these things, this kind of community, God brought new people into the community who were being saved and added to the number of those who were devoted. So the two questions then become this. As we observe this early church, this group of devoted people that were empowered by the Holy Spirit and their devotion was empowered by the Holy Spirit, we have a couple questions then. The first one is this, are you devoted to the things that will shape your life as God has planned? I'll ask that question one more time. Are you devoted to the things that will shape your life as God has planned? Are you devoted to the teachings of the apostle, apostles? Are you devoted to God's Word? Are you pushing aside Are you moving towards? Are you leaning in to the Scriptures? Are you asking them to speak to your heart and shape the way that you think and shape the way that you feel and shape the way that you engage with the world around you? Are you devoted to fellowshipping with people, to sharing your life with one another? Are you you stay disconnected and disengaged and isolated Do you share a meal with people, which in this culture was indicative of, again, sharing yourself? That's why it was made such a big deal of when Jesus ate with tax collectors and with sinners, because he was literally sharing himself with them. Are you devoted to praying? Do you seek God in prayer? Do you listen at least twice as much as what you say to God? Do you rest in the presence of God? Do you get quiet and alone with the Lord? And do you simply seek His presence and allow your heart to express itself before the only one that can really sort through all that is going on in there? And my second question, and we'll close with this, is what does your devotion require you to push through? What is God asking you to push to the side? Maybe maybe some good things. And maybe you're only going to push it aside for a moment. Maybe you're only going to push it aside for five minutes. (laughs) Maybe it's a wonderful person in your life that God is saying, take a time out for a moment. Don't think about them for a few minutes. We'll get back to them in a minute. They're valuable. They're important. They're significant. They're a wonderful place in your life. But we're going to push past that for a minute because you, you need some time alone with the Lord. Maybe God is asking you to, I mean, would He dare ask you to take a vacation because you are so devoted to your work that you are such an amazing employee, that you are such an outstanding boss, and you go above and beyond what is required of you in your job description all the time. You're just amazing. But God is saying, time out, go on a road trip, (laughs) get quiet go on a vacation, go to the beach and just 
be in God's presence. You see, there are a lot of good things in our life that we need to sometimes take a break from, sometimes move to the side in order to press in and spend some time with God. Father, I pray today for those that are listening and the Lord, they would take a look into this devoted community that is described to us by Luke in the book of Acts. And I pray, Lord, that as they seek answers to these questions, I pray that Your Holy Spirit would fill them. And on this day, as we celebrate the arrival of Your Spirit and Your infilling of each individual believer, that each person that is listening, that they would be filled with Your Spirit even now as we pray. I ask that You would do that just as You did on the first day, just as You have been doing every day for the last 2,000 plus years. And that these people that are listening now and praying with me, Lord, that they would sense your presence filling them, that they would be empowered, that they would be emboldened, that they would be strengthened, and that the things that you've called them to be devoted to, that they will actually have the power and the strength from your Holy Spirit to do that. We love you. We thank you for the miracles that we're going to hear about. We thank you for the generosity that is going to be birthed. We thank you for the new found devotion that people are experiencing now as they pray. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. And God bless you. We'll see you next time.